All right, everybody, thank you for listening. This is the FTF podcast, which we've recently established stands for four talking friends. I think uh, I'm with Ed Zitron, who's find at- the food. He find the food. That's perfect. Delicious. Welcome, welcome to find the food where we look for the food and identify where it is before consuming it. Is. I'm Drew Toothpaste at Drew Toothpaste on Twitter. With me is Ed Zitron at Ed Zitron. Uh, Ed, today we're recording this on election day in the United States. How how are you doing and how are you feeling about your inability to vote? I'm pissed off about it, but more pissed off at the fact that there is just this offensive thing happening right here in Kentucky's District 1. Paul Walker, the Democrat, so they resurrected the previously <laughs> dead star of Fast and the Furious to go up against the incumbent James Cormer and yeah. Cormer. Yeah, and he's he's lost. So now they have to put him back in the put him back in the box. Oh my gosh! So they uh, well, he might win. He might win. It's initial results. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, I think they should outlaw. And this is not a particularly new opinion. I think they ought to outlaw having the results come out early. I think that influences people who are getting off work. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, f- I actually fully agree with that. They should oh, everyone should report at the same time or or something. But there's probably like some reason. Yeah. But, so, yeah. yeah. But before I get into the vote thing, I want to recount. So I've been doing this piece for Deadspin about the movie Gamer. So don't know if you've heard this movie. It's about Gerard Butler and everyone and everyone in these games. There's a game called Slayers which is like Gears of War looking game. And there's a game called Society, which is like Second Life, except you control real people. And in Slayers, you control death row inmates. And it's actually a really great movie. I think it's really like deeply under-respected. Oh, so this... Anyway. So these are these yeah. are movies? This is a one movie. Okay, so it's in the games or in the movie? Yes, the oh, games shit. are the central to the plot. Okay, God damn, well, I, I thought, thought I'd do public relations well, I and thought, explain things just no, terribly. I, I thought uh, uh, I thought they were real games that were out, and I was no. and I was like, "How do you control the people?" Yeah, no. Well, so it's in, in this you have like nanites in your head. Oh, Michael C. Hall, Dexter. Oh yeah. Um, he's the one who he's the one who like is the big CEO. But anyway, I was talking to Mark Neveldine, who wrote the script, and I'm not going to get into all the fun stuff we talked about except for one fucking amazing tidbit. So I don't know if you've heard of the movie Crank with Jason Statham. Yes. He he gets stabbed with a needle, and I think his heart's going to give out. It's been a while since I saw that movie. But basically, it's Jason Statham punching and kicking and swearing his way across Los Angeles to try and get this cure to this... I think it's like a poison. Yeah. Anyway... So Jason Statham, British guy, violent, really like in it's super like iconic look of crank is Jason Statham. Except Mark Novotin was like, so we I offered it to Gerard Butler. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's really funny. He's like, I offered it to Gerard Butler, which is actually how Gamer was made, because he's the star of Gamer. I was like, oh, that's funny. He goes, Yeah, but it was written for Johnny Knoxville. I was like, okay. It's kind of weird. He said, but it was offered to Brad Pitt. I was like, all right, yeah, I could see that. He's like, and it was also offered to Chris Rock. Wow. So just fucking, I'm just imagining like Chris Rock just fucking like, he's not like a big guy or anything. He's just like, he's like, he's not small, but he's like, I've always associated him as kind of like nonviolent. Yeah, yeah. 
So just this idea of him just punching and kicking his way across the lake. Anyway, that really that's tickled me pink for several hours. Oh, that's uh, that's amazing, and that really uh, uh, that really underscores an idea that's always blown my mind, Ed, which is the idea that people can never separate the characters in movie from characters in movies from the people playing them. And it, it and this no. sort of thing makes it obvious that it's almost uh, you know act a lot of actors do a, a really good job, but it's almost kind of agnostic as to who's playing it, and then people mentally assign that character to that actor forever, right? Oh yeah, and I mean it would have been a hor- like a really different movie. I'm just imagining like Chris Rock, and also like honestly, Gerard Butler would have been weird because he's kind of a lumbering guy, he's like a bigger guy. So like this movie that's very high paced would have actually been incredibly slow paced. Anyway, that was just, I also love this. uh, I love thinking about whenever I hear like, it comes out very occasionally, like other people who are meant to be in movies and such. I can't remember who it was, but someone really weird was meant to be Han Solo. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. You you know the one, Ed, you know. I should have looked this up in advance. Uh, look look it up and I'll tell you something you know what uh blew my mind is that they they did a remake of course it kind of as far as I know it kind of withered and failed but they did a remake of Mr. Ed and uh I I can't for the life of me remember who ended up playing Mr. Ed if you're if you're listening to the horse I imagine (laughs) well no it was it it was a horse but the horse had a voice of course oh and uh they got a tape. Somebody in the studio, I think, snuck out a tape. And uh, ODB, Old Dirty Bastard oh from God. the Wu-Tang Clan, had actually auditioned. This is not a joke, in case you guys think I'm just like going off on That's some fucking shit. rules. It's real. If you Google ODB, Mr. Ed, I think you have to spell out Mr. You will hear uh, Old Dirty Bastard himself uh, reading out these lines about Wilbur... And, uh, you know, I'm a horse, I'm Mr. Ed, and uh, don't worry about me, Wilbur, I'll just be here in the stable. But he's, but it's ODB. It's definitely ODB. And that just makes you wonder, uh, you know, what could have what been, because I would absolutely have, if ODB had voiced Mr. Ed, I think I probably would have watched the movie ten times by now. Well, I've been putting Sesame Street on for my kid and myself, and... I, I, I love that it's on HBO. Oh, is it? When I first saw that, I was like, like, "Hey, fuck you, bitch!" It's like <laughs> almost just a foul-mouthed little shit. It's fucking rude bastard. But I did look it up, by the way, and apparently, in episode one, Paul Walker and Leonardo DiCaprio were considered for Anakin Skywalker. Okay, that's kind of boring. Kind of boring. Oh wait, here we go. Uh, let's see. Nick Nolte could have been Han Solo. Uh, Bill Murray. Jesus Christ. Is this just a fucking list? Oh, this is uh, fucking internet. You can't get anything anymore. It's all lists. If it's Star Wars especially, it feeds into, like, this this sort of funnel that just is never ending. I, uh, oh, yeah. I, uh, Star Wars. Someone accused me of being sexist. For not liking a scene in the new Star Wars, it's this. I'm gonna spoil it because it's fucking stupid. I'm so, if you really don't want me to, I won't. Um, do you not care? Did you see the Last Jedi? I, 
You know, Ed, I, I, the last Star Wars movie I saw was the first uh, remake they made in the right. 90s. In the, or in okay, 2000 so really or 2001. No, I don't personally care. And I would imagine anybody that's listening to this that really cares about Star Wars has probably already seen it. And here's a warning. Okay, it's going to be like a minute for me to get through this anecdote. Okay, you can skip one minute. So it's this scene in the movie where like Princess Leia, well, she's General Leia, is like exploded out the front of a ship. Right. And... She uses, she like wakes up in space and uses the power of the force to like pull herself back in, in like a bubble, I guess. And it just looks really dumb. Like I cracked up in the, it just looked like, like it looked ugly. Like it looked silly, but there's this big tweet storm yesterday. It's always the best content It's in a tweet storm, I say. And they were like, so I want to just go off on Star Wars last Jedi. It's like, okay, well, made them a billion four billion dollars i'm sure they're fine but go ahead and they were like okay so all these other things that i don't really care about talk about beautiful it was and i don't really agree but who cares like i'm happy they enjoyed it but then this is the thing then one of the things they said was so that scene with Leia was beautiful and if you don't like it you you just don't like woman it's like no if you'd replaced it with luke skywalker like a cartoon hamster or like anything. It would have looked stupid. It was a kind of a badly pulled off idea. It's just a, there is something with Star Wars that truly just sends people down these very pathological, weird paths. Like these very strange, like ultra defensive things. And I get it to some extent. Like I get it. Like I understand. But... I'm Would also you, like, why, why'd you care so much? Like, I, why'd you have I, to, how am I sexist? If I was like, if the, if the argument was Ray is bad, like just the main female lead, I could be like, okay, maybe, maybe that is just sexist. Maybe that seems like a sexist belief. Sure. Well, yeah. And, and I think it's good. I think it's good on one hand, obviously, if people are actually going to identify behavior by real people in the world and say, you know, this is sexist behavior. This reinforces, yeah. uh, Call you know, out the, shitty shit. this, this reinforces, you know, all these patriarchal notions or whatever. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All the time. I think, and I feel like a lot of, and this is totally from an outsider. Look, I, ha- I haven't participated in star Wars. I saw all the original movies, uh, yeah. on my TV in the eighties. They were all right. I, I just, I didn't get into them. And, I think it's sort of this ready-made uh, cultural common asset that you can buy into. And then just like we were talking about a couple weeks ago with the whole idea of, you know, you join a forum or you join a group of people and then you have to adopt these overblown, very exaggerated stances in order to have anything to say about it. Because if you want to, if you want to have conversations about Star Wars for years, your input to the conversation cannot be like, it was fine. I like the part, you know, where they did this thing or this thing happened or there was this battle or I really like the emotional yeah. turmoil. I like the characters, whatever. Uh, you, There's nothing more to say about it. But if you want to argue and you want to take some kind of stance 
and you want to really spend hours and hours talking about Star Wars, it necessarily has to be something that's adversarial. And so I think uh, finding, I think an essential part of that experience is finding somebody else talking about it. Like you, unfortunately, this time uh, happened to be out there. You have a lot of followers. You have an opinion that you didn't like something. And this is essentially you going to a going to a basketball court in a neighborhood where a lot of people are milling around wanting to play basketball and saying, who wants to shoot hoops? Yeah. So you're, but you're except you're, sports yeah. fans are less crazy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's also that. And like, I don't know, perhaps in sports, you're it's well, you're welcome to bag on things. As long as you're not just like the team sucks. And I'm sure there are sports people who will kick the shit out of me for that. It's just weird. It's just really weird. It's like a you're not a, like, and I can understand the sensitivity because there was some really virulent sexism around Star Wars when it came out. Oh yeah, yeah. It was just really disgusting shit. And like, by all means, I am I am aware of the touchiness there, but just default calling someone sexist because they didn't like a thing, unless the thing is like woman voting. Or, like, they didn't like well, a phrase because it was, like, supportive of a woman. Like, sure. But in, like, it's weird. It's, it's Star Wars is this thing where you have to absolutely love it or absolutely hate it. You can't be like, oh, I really like the f- I really like The Force Awakens, but I didn't like, which is literally my opinion, I didn't like uh, The Last Jedi because of a lot of the reasons why a lot of people liked it, which was it subverted expectations, which to me just sounds like letting you down, but whatever. Like, and I even said on the tweet I made about it, I was like, I'm glad someone liked it. It's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. I'm glad glad you liked it, man. Like, have a well, good one. But no, it, everyone wants to fucking, it, want to fucking and, fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of thing where, uh, you know, you, you throw it into, like we've talked about before, an echo chamber and, every, you know, you send out a stimulus and people can't help but respond. You know, if you make a if you ask a rhetorical question, you know, it will be answered if you if you put it in this particular format. And this this kind of leads us into what Ed and I were talking about earlier today. Like I mentioned today that we're recording it is Election Day. The results have not come back yet. So they're either good or bad by the time you're listening to this, or they're somewhere in the middle. Who knows? But uh, by the way, Michigan is uh, voting on legalizing recreational cannabis, which would be uh, fantastic for everybody in Michigan and nobody in adjoining states like Ohio would, you know, go to Michigan and and bring that back, you know. Um, Small cup of so- weed. So you can, oh, dude, you can actually, I think you can have two and a half ounces of weed. And for those out there who are not uh, weed smokers, you know, I, I'm not. Yeah, is that a, huge, a lot? I'm not a huge stoner. I, uh, I like weed, but uh, that is a lot that, you know, even if you do smoke weed uh, a lot, that is a sizable portion of weed. That's like. I don't know, five or six hundred bucks worth of weed, probably. Is that, it, Jesus. Yeah. I don't know, so, like, how much weed. I actually uh, use, like, the uh, the vaporizer. Yeah. I use, like, this thing called a Pax Era. It's like a little cartridge. It's great. Right. It's, 
and, and I feel and, like as big as shit as usual when I have some. It's great. <laughs> well, uh, uh, and it's and it's the thing where uh, you know I I will do the same thing. I'll tap it a little bit and and I'll be done. Otherwise, I'll I'll go into a black hole. And some people love the black hole, and that's that's great. Anyway, uh, Michigan is voting today, election day. To legalize it, I hope they do. That would be great for the citizens of Michigan. Uh, they can experience boom in their economy. But for you, and, not so uh, much. No, not so much. I'm not in Michigan now. I'm only about two and a half hours away from Michigan. So, ah. and, uh, I've been there. It's a beautiful state. The people there are awesome. Like they are in in many places across America. But uh, so anyway, what we were talking about is uh, the echo chamber of voting. And this year has been particularly nuts. Everybody is hectoring. And I I will use the word hectoring. They're hectoring each other to vote as if, uh, you know, if you are in you know, this kind of circle where you're, you're in this demographic, uh, you know, 20, 30, maybe, maybe early forties year old, year old people who lean, uh, leftist, ironic, cool, you know, maybe you have some sincere people in there. Maybe you have some yuppies mixed in. Maybe you have some old people or hashtag resistance liberals mixed in, but everybody's telling each other to vote. Uh, the yeah. subtext being, uh, you know, the the representatives that make up, you know, 435 seats of Congress are up for re-election this year. And hopefully we can flip some of those from Republican to Democrat or so goes the reasoning. Um, and, and, and tell me what you think about the fact that everybody is repeating to each other. They're not saying, hey. A uh, helpful reminder: Voting is today. Uh, and, uh, helpful reminder: And in California, you can register to vote on the day of voting, which should be something that happens yeah. everywhere. So it's actually helpful in California. Like, hey, you can still register. You can go out register right now. Vote right now. That's helpful. Almost all other states, you cannot do that on the last day of voting. So telling somebody on the day of voting to vote. Um, when everybody else in the world is also visibly voting and wearing the stickers that say vote. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? I think that just there is this weird fucking echo chamber effect of, on one hand, it's really good everyone is fucking saying vote. I think that there is a celebrity effect too. I actually like everyone posting, hey, I voted. Like that actually is cool. I think it's great when people are like proud of voting. You should be. I want to make that clear. You voted and post your picture. Fuck yeah. Good on you. Good on you saying like, hey, I voted. Respond with your vote too. Make it a point of pride. Make it a thing that you care about. Right. Yeah. However, don't fucking tweet all day. Like these people doing vote, vote, carriage return, vote, carriage return, vote, carriage return, vote, carriage return. Like again, like lines and lines of my entire, for like three quarters of tweet deck is one fucking person called like, abolish ice tweeting vote a hundred times like first of all i do wonder about like i get it yeah abolish ice i fully agree but also i do wonder what they expect the effect is there like what's the do you think that like do you think that that's gonna do it do you think that someone is really like huh like a congressman's like oh hello 
this person <laughs> this person isn't called whatever Felix's name because uh, Felix the Chapo like his names are usually fucking amazing and his is like replying to Riley Reed saying I voted and I, Riley Reed is a porn star <laughs> so I, think, I think it's a fucking fucking amazing tweet like super awesome tweet like that's a funny but it's like ah I'm a congressman I'm just going about my business oh hello this guy said abolish ice in his name hmm well now there's a thought like no and vote 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 I don't think anyone reading these tweets wasn't gonna vote I, yeah. And you know, yeah. there's going to be like, the, it's kind of like we've talked about before. It's like within all of these very, within these very um, kind of insular things, there's going to be like three examples. Like the guy who tricked people into going to the voting thing. Oh yeah, he he posted and he said, "Hey, uh, uh, oh no, Pete Davidson uh, and Ariana Grande right. broke up for this reason." Yeah, like that guy, like. He it was like three people said they uh, voted because of this. It's like, okay, <sighs> do you really think that many people did though? Because that's the thing. I get like the day before, I think even then I could like tolerate it on a sense of if it happened just the day before, but it was like a week and a half. And in most cases, it wasn't people being like, hey, if you don't know how to vote, here's how to vote. It was like just the word vote. And I feel like that's not staggeringly helpful. And honestly, I don't think the people not voting it, voting are reading it. I don't think they're like, huh, well, I wasn't going to vote, but this person said the word 26 times. Well, and, and so I remember uh, in the 90s, MTV did something. And, and of course, there was no viable centralized internet back then that was in the form we know now. There was... Really, everybody communicated using, you know, top-down media. You know, you'd read the newspaper, you'd watch television. If you wanted music and alternative culture, whatever, you'd get zines and you'd watch MTV and you'd trade videotapes or whatever. Uh, On MTV, they had something called Rock the Vote, and it was implied that this was to get cool people to vote for Bill Clinton. Of course, the serial... uh, molester uh you know i i don't know uh uh you know if you what else you can call him but he definitely abused his power to abuse women uh but that's neither here nor there um but they said rock the vote and i remember i was uh 13 years old pardon me 14 years old uh no 13 years old when the first election of Bill Clinton happened. It was in 1992. And I remember the rock the vote, rock the vote. And then of course in 1996, rock the vote, rock the vote. And I was like, this is very patronizing. And I was not, I mean, kids today, especially kids that are 18, 19, 20, 21, voting for the first time need to register, need to go vote so that their opinion is heard. Uh, They are being fucking patronized to, And nobody realizes that the kids out there that are going to vote essentially the right way, okay, I'm not going to make any bones about it, like, oh, go vote for who you want to. Don't vote for the fucking... If you're voting for Republicans right now, you can't go fuck yourself. Like, that's my stance here. Like, if you are voting these ghouls in, you are on some level responsible. Right, and... and 
you know, uh, I, I felt very patronized too. And I think this is very, again, super patronizing that you've got guys our age in their, in their thirties, in their forties being like, vote, vote, everybody vote. It's, I don't think it's effective. I think there are ways, I I think there are ways to push people into voting where you just say, look, here's what you get out of it, whatever. I don't have a horse in the race. I'm not being annoying. I'm going to tell you to vote and then I'm going to move on. And uh, even just doing it once is fine with me. Like, that is the thing. If you do it oh, once... Yeah. And also, if you have, like, two million followers, I actually am fine with it. It's weird to say that, but if you... Ha- like, there's this guy, Misha Collins, who's in um, he's in Supernatural, I think. And why am I saying I think? Of course, I know I love that show. But he's trying to <laughs> right there do... Like, pretend I was cool. But <laughs> yeah. Bad idea. But nevertheless, like... He has like 2 million followers, like 1 million followers. And I've seen people retweet him and I checked his feed and it was all that. You know what? That's fine. You got a lot of young fans. Fuck it. In this case, like, sure. You are someone who can have a real effect. Like celebrities doing it is actually fucking great. Weird, weird belief, I know. But for me, that's like, okay, you are taking a little bit of time out of whatever you're doing. You're making people care about something. You're making people care about something that could truly affect our country for decades. Well, and you know what? I I agree with you totally. And I'll tell you why I think it's obvious to us that it's okay that celebrities can do this. And like people in our circle who are called like Hug Farts 69, if they go vote, 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 abolish ICE, vote, vote, uh, fuck cops, Medicare for all, all this over and over and over again. Why we don't like that is because, okay, we already know if you're going to follow somebody named Hugfarts420, you know all this shit. You obviously want to abolish ICE because you're, you're fucking illiterate and you've, you're on, uh, you're in this circle of folks where, you know, we are all hyper aware of what's going on, of all the micro incidents online, liberal, Republican, leftist, socialist, or otherwise. But celebrities are taught, look, if you're going to go online and you start your new Twitter account and and you're like, oh boy, I can't wait to hear what the people from TV have to say when they're not on TV. Oh, buddy, you can be convinced. Yeah, exactly. If your first instinct is like, what are the celebs up to? Yes. And this is not a condescending thing. This is not saying these people are stupid, but they're not as aggressively tuned into media as you or I am. Like we, they, right, they right. might be like, ah, I'm kind of apathetic about voting. Like they have normal lives where they're not just fucking terrorizing themselves with like fucking th- 3,000 people's views a day just fucking streamed into their eyes. Like, of course, they're not like abnormal freaks like me like they're just not disgusting humans and they've they've got this pure life where they're not just fucking sucking shit every day for work they claim but really they're just deeply like deeply like damaged like (laughs) they're not like that and so yeah if you're like oh well this lives up to and someone you like genuinely respect so just to be clear like anyone who said oh yeah i i wouldn't i like i'm not you know, if a celeb said something to me in person, I would just treat them like a normal person. 
I do not believe you on some level. Sure, there are probably Drew. I'm going to guess you're not affected by that nihilist. Like you, you are you are more collected than most. I would argue. So, my feeling is that most people will be affected by people they look up to. I think we talked about this the first episode. Like even if it's not a celebrity per se, someone they respect saying something, they'll listen to. Yeah. On a grander sure. scale, that is people's relationship with celebrities, and I believe that that is why. So people who are like following, like I don't fucking know, like Misha Collins or Alyssa, what's the name from Charmed, like like those people, like sure, like if you're just following them and like, damn, this is the first person I followed on Twitter and they're saying I should vote. You know, I've been apathetic to the process because they don't believe it has any value. But this person's really into it. Maybe I should be part of the process. And well, that's yeah. the crazy thing. Like that yeah. matters, but the people I've seen doing it are just like. Their followers are entirely people doing the same thing or like talking about the same thing or whose entire lives since like November 2016 have been talking about Trump. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. self-care and some other shit. Oh, well, you know, uh, the the thing is, is the election absolutely, the 2016 election absolutely just broke people. There's a certain oh, yeah. segment of people who uh, just, it, they snapped. It's like they couldn't believe that something so bad could happen here in America or here to them. And of course that, um, you know, people who are actively campaigning, people who are actively protesting, people who are organizing, I'm not including you in this. Okay, no. if you're organizing, if you're if you're giving money to causes that that make social progress okay if you're helping people you know i'm i'm exempting you from this you're allowed to talk all this shit you could say trump sucks whatever all you okay, want okay so i'm just going to step in here and say since yeah. november 2016 i've donated 1500 a month to planned parenthood and about 14 other charities and wow, nonprofits yeah. so I just want to be clear. This exempts me from every bit of criticism going forward. Just want to... Oh, I... <laughs> like, do you guys, like, mind just... If you've owned me in the last, well, two years, I appreciate an apology, and uh, that would be great. I mean, just if you could just literally take back everything mean you've ever said to me for two years, be excellent. But in all that's, seriousness, uh, everyone should great. be donating to, like, the Southern... Pro so it's the Southern Poverty Law Center... There's great things like the Trevor Project, which I believe helps out uh, trans people. And, like, there's a lot of fucking great things out there that you can be... Like, going back to what we were saying last time... Was it last time? Yeah. It was LGBTQ yeah. is what Trevor Project does, so trans is part of that. It's like, um... People should be... Like, I don't know, like, don't give to your fucking, like, representatives. Give to these people. Give to these people, like, Southern... Yes, I can't say their fucking name. The Southern Poverty Law Southern, Center. I'm actually. I just found out that my last donation did SPLC, not go through, so I'm yeah. just gonna, I'm just gonna double up for the next few months because that's how I help. I don't give a shit. You know what? I, I do would these say, things on the podcast. I just do these things. Like you, we sh we're meant to be talking and having like a conversation. I'm like, oh, I need to renew my donation. I need to go and look know, up uh, who played Han Solo. <laughs> well, so go. so you know, I think the election broke. 
So many people, and while yeah. I, I agree with you, Ed, I think some people were pushed into saying, "Okay, you know, I need to, I need to essentially tithe. I need to give money to liberal causes." And look, no, I, I, and you know what, I, I do actually don't think that happened. I, you don't I hate think? To, I hate to say that, but I just don't believe that happened. I don't believe well, that anyone was pushed into these causes. I did it because I cannot vote. And I have money. My first fucking thought when Trump got in was, I will probably benefit from this guy's presidency in a horrible way. And I feel fucking horrible as an immigrant oh, and as a person. Yeah. And so I was yeah. like, I need to do something so I can actually like help. I can't vote. So I got to do fucking something. And well, I did, it, like, and I, I, I don't yeah. fucking talk about it. I mean, I talk about it on the podcast and don't fucking tweet about it. Because it's like, fucking, who cares? Like, what I fucking did. Like, for me, that's why I did it. I don't feel like, I think a lot of people will, you know what? I take all that back. I'm fine with people who feel bad and donated to a good cause. Because you know what? The money still fucking got to them. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Like if you and, and, you know, uh, people absolutely are generally powerless. So really the only thing you could do, look, uh, uh, a, a buddy of mine, it, it, it's actually, uh, well, I, I don't want to, I don't want to quote him. I don't think he said it in public, so I'm not going to quote him, but, uh, you know, uh, I've been thinking about it a lot and I've been seeing everybody say vote, vote, vote. And cause everybody just has fucking blue balls from the Trump election and everybody feels like shit. And, and I think that a lot of this is because people don't know anything about history and yeah. I'm not degrading. I'm not degrading the average left wing or, or democratic voter. I'm not degrading anybody. Okay. If you went out in a swing state, if you went out in Ohio, Wisconsin, Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, wherever, and you voted for Hillary, whatever, and you're like, we can't allow fucking Donald Trump to be the president. You know, that's good. That was good. You know, whatever you whatever you think about Hillary, uh, yeah. I was not a, I was not a Hillary fan. I never gave Hillary any fucking money. Uh, but but what are you gonna do? Look. I, I'm gonna tell you something that's really fucking dark. Well, okay, tell me, my, my, lay it on me, buddy. So, uh, my dad was very old before he died. So I'll preface it by saying that he died in uh, 2015. Right, um, and before he did, he uh, he had had heart disease for over 20 years. Um, he, I think his first heart attack was in 1991, something like that. Oh, damn. Uh, and, and so he really struggled to like stay healthy, he exercised. I mean, he fought it for a real fucking long time and he was really old. I'll tell you how old he was. He was born before world war two. Jesus. Actually, uh, <laughs> actually my, uh, grandfather was born in the late 1800s. Uh, oh my God. So, uh, my family is like really weirdly stretched out, which probably, uh, I'm, I'm sure it has something to do with the way we are and all that. But, uh, anyway, he was extremely forever. old. 
yeah, he was extremely old. He had had um, a bunch of strokes, and you know what happens when when you get strokes. It really makes it hard for you to communicate. You know, you lose big chunks of your memory and all this. Truly um, brutal disease. Oh, it's awful. It's it's awful, and um, you know, my family has the genes that cause early Alzheimer's as well. So I'm aware that I'll. Probably, maybe get that. Um, I don't know when it is, but apparently, I have a forty percent chance of getting it. So I don't know. That's that's good odds, though. That's better than a coin flip. Yeah. So fuck it. So fuck it. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't live dangerously. I live. I live pretty healthy. Right. Uh, Anyway. So. uh, uh, So I remember my dad was in the hospital, and I brought him a copy of the New Yorker and it was from the summer of 2015 and it was a picture of Donald Trump diving into a swimming pool and I showed it to him and I was like, do you see this shit? And he's like, yes. And I was like, Donald Trump is running for president and he got a look on his face. Like I had just taken a shit in the hospital. Right. And he just looked at me and he goes, God damn it. That was his. That's first actually a really word. good. That's a good summary. And that was his first. <laughs> that was his his first word. He got back after the stroke. His second oh word God. he got back was uh, actually McDouble. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not. I I wish I was making that up. It's McDouble because he would go. Uh, he was like a quintessential old man. He would go walk and he would go on these long walks. And um, he would go by himself to McDonald's almost every day and get a single McDouble and just nah, eat nah, the nah. burger I this, and just I eat the burger and go home. Yeah, nah, that's yeah. fucking nice. So my man, uh, my man goes and gets a McDouble. Right, right. So there's uh, so few uh, fucking pleasures in this life. Yeah, and he would do that, and by the by the and 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 I'm not. Uh, you know, he w- he was an interesting guy. He was a weird guy. Uh, and uh, by the end, he would go out driving and he would just get completely lost. He would get just so completely, mm. totally lost. But he would end up getting the McDouble. And uh, on the days when he didn't, he would end up at Burger King and he would get a burger and he'd go home. Which in Burger King's not that good, but fuck it. Right? It's you fine. made it there. So. So, uh, you know, it, it was even appalling to somebody who had who had lost their ability to communicate and had really lost all sense of time and place, didn't know where he was, didn't know what year it was. Um, and, and he was actually uh, before all this happened, he was legitimately a genius. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to go into it, but um, no, no, no. I did, like uh, I mean, he fucking was uh, I get you. Yeah, he he was a math teacher and he taught me math from a young age and really, uh, you know, taught me how to use a computer and really set me on the path of doing all this computer bullshit. Uh, but so just the idea that that something so awful as Donald Trump would happen is not something. Now, look, he was born before World War Two. Okay, yeah. people, his his brothers went to Japan after World War II. Some of his brothers fought in World War II. Uh, my grandfather was in World War I. So, look, he was very aware of the fact that atrocities would happen. 
Okay. And, and this is not new, but it's definitely something where, okay, yeah, uh, we're not in an era where atrocities no longer happen. Trump, uh, you know, reminded us not to cover ground that's been covered by everybody yeah. else, but Trump basically reminded us that, yeah, the world still fucking blows ass. I've, you know what? I feel like, personally, I feel like, uh, you know, that like, I felt like that with Bush. So when Trump happened, I was kind of like, well, yep, it happened again. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the fucking the, the shit like the, the, the shitty thing happening. I watched it happen again with Bush. I remember the feeling of this cycle. That's why I'm not like excited for today. I'm dreading it because I remember everyone being like, there's no fucking way, man. There's just no way that like Bush could get another term because we all rock the vote. Because we all <laughs> right. fucking rock the vote. And we right, gets in right. again. He got in again. There's this... W- I was in England at the time, so perhaps I didn't get the uh, feeling on the ground. But, like, I watched him get in again. I was like, oh. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, oh, I remember well, literally, like, being on the verge of tears. Because even from England, I knew how bad that was. Oh, yeah. Uh... Uh, I I don't know the look. I I don't watch cable TV or whatever. The guy just got elected in Brazil, Bolsonaro, I believe, Jair or Jair, something like that. I don't know. J a i r Bolsonaro just got elected in Brazil. Super far right guy has basically all already promised to destroy the free press in Brazil. Oh yeah, that's just that's and fucking the- awful. And that's after, like, only having, what, 20 years of democratic rule. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I think their last four presidents in Brazil were from their their left-wing party. And now they basically, you know, the same shit happens everywhere. Some guy comes in and he's like, well, it's the fucking foreigners that are doing all the bad shit. And then everybody's like, yeah, that's probably true because I'm not bad, right? And that's like, that's a very human perspective to take. And I think that what's interesting is what's actually really changing things is like beat off my pork or whatever his name is. From, I stole that from Stav from Cumtown, by the way, I'm not going to pretend I came up with that on my own. Um, <laughs> but like Beto seems to be doing something really interesting in Texas. Basically, instead of being Ted Cruz, who is just like a kind of shambling jelly monster type thing that just goes out and gurgles into the microphone for half an hour and people clap clap because they think they heard a slur. Beto is going on like, hey, uh, would you like to like not go bankrupt because of your your medical bills? Also, do you want the police to like not just shoot black people? And people are like, damn, that's interesting. I'll listen. And then <laughs> just kind of goes, I like beers. Like literally there's a, like a video of him walking around like buying six beers. It's like, yeah, Damn, I, oh, I'm, I too am a human. <laughs> I promise I am a real human. <laughs> you know, yeah. just doing the regular human shit. Like I, I just roll out of my carapace every morning. I scrape the chitin <laughs> off of me. And then I, I, uh, I definitely use my two legs, not eight to walk to the, store to buy things the store i believe it's called 
I I think uh, you know. Speaking of Bush, uh, one of my one of my favorite things ever is when uh, uh, George Bush didn't uh, didn't know how much a gallon of gas cost, and and nobody okay. really picked. No one nobody, knows that. Is it? Wait, right, do you mean no, a gallon of gas? Like how much at the gas station? Yeah, yeah. I could not tell you that right now. I would be in like a. Well, 50, it's, I drove oh, right, perhaps because I drive a Tesla. <laughs> but like, oh, I still shit. fill up my wife's car. I still fill up my right. wife's car. So right, right. And a little bit of Borat there for you, Borat action. <laughs> and so, like, I went to the gas station, and I was like, oh, okay, uh, wow, that's expensive because it was like fifth, like thirty, forty cents higher. I was like, oh yeah, I haven't filled the gas. I haven't like thought about gas prices. In a long time, not because I'm fucking virtuous, just because I never leave the fucking house. I just never right. leave. I just when I fill the gas, I'm like, well, this is gonna fucking suck, and I I'm lucky enough that actually have money. But also, even before then, I drove when I was like not doing brilliantly. Even then, it's like I couldn't just off the dome, just be like, oh yeah, it's three dollars and eighty five. Like, who can do that? Like Trump forgets well, uh, like what words are regularly. Yeah, yeah. Like Bush said, yeah, "Is it, our children learning?" Which is a number. That's a like a number five out of ten. Big like dumb shit moment. Yeah, and I don't miss him, and I re- I revile the people who are like I miss him, but like Trump is definitely stupider. Like yeah. Anyway, a- I forgot abs- what we're talking a- about, but still. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, and and I'll tell you the reason why uh, the gas price thing was absolutely appalling to me is I used to live uh, when I first moved to Columbus. Uh, I I used to live within sight of a gas station out of out of my back door, and when my wife uh, had a full time job. She would leave every morning and uh, we would go to the back door and I'd say goodbye, whatever. And uh, we and she would look out and she would look at the gas price because we could see the gas price. And she would tell me whether we were winning or losing the war in Iraq. Jesus. Because uh, the the war in Iraq had just started, um, you know, 2003, 2004. And she would look out and tell me... Uh, whether we were winning or losing the war in Iraq. So um, and, and so when George Bush didn't know what the gas price was, to me, I think, uh, especially stood out because I was always aware of what the gas price was. And also at the time, uh, she got a full-time job um, and she was making something like twenty-eight or $30,000 a year. And uh, that was just absolutely uh, fucking amazing i think we were both prior to that i think the year prior we had made eight thousand dollars or something which by the way if you live in a normal place like columbus and you eat normal food like chips and like i I don't know like burritos or whatever like if you eat normal stuff and you just live in a normal place and you just go to work and you just do normal shit and you can even take drugs it's fine yeah, for eight thousand bucks, you can do it. And then she did that, and she was balling out, and she like saved all of her money, and we like bought a car. Because like, if you're used to making nothing, and you suddenly have a bunch of money, and you just 
do the the really great hack, which is like you never change. I don't remember how. You spend. how oh yeah, well yeah, you do that, and then you tell. Uh, I don't remember whether she told her employer, or told the credit union to you know, hey, take uh, you know half of my check and just stash it, and I just yeah. never see it or whatever. Uh, that that was amazing, but of course George Bush uh, and like we talked about on last episode, Ed. Uh, there are people now on the internet in 2018 uh, who were born in the 2000s and say things such as, uh, you know, wow, if we had the internet when George Bush was around, <laughs> we, we really would have put the thumb still screws good. to him. Still, so uh, good. So good. Still, Genuinely still, funny. Yeah, still fucking amazing. So, uh yeah, the idea that all of all of these atrocities are new, of course, is is not correct. Um, and I think for a lot of people, uh, they they really had this stuff happen. And, you know, we had all these years of of Obama and things seemed like they were moving in a certain direction. For example, we got gay marriage, which is uh, fantastic. People should be allowed to to marry and have a uh, uh, a legal contractual relationship with anybody they want to, uh, regardless of of their gender or orientation. Of course, uh, you know we we had uh, you know Obamacare, which of course on its surface seemed good. Uh, I'll leave it to the individual listener as to whether or not it was uh, functionally good as a self employed person who doesn't make a shitload of money um, and has to pay a shitload of insurance. It really uh, was not very good for me, but uh, I've heard it's good for some people. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, but we're getting far off the subject of attacking one very specific niche part of the internet. Yeah, Which is absolutely. really what we're here to do and... I just want to make sure we get those licks into non-specific. In all seriousness, though, like the reason that Trump got in is to an extent the arrogance of people who think that tweeting vote matters. It yes. is yes, perhaps that's absolutely. a li- perhaps that's a little bit of a stretch. Let me let me roll that bad boy back a bit. But it's this belief that we that we in and of ourselves have so much more effect on the world than we actually do and i think that a lot of these people believe like for example when bush got in everyone believed that just most americans thought that way yeah and they don't like they they fucking don't they and i worry that we have talked this big game that the people who think tweeting vote 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 all day every day is going to change things the truth is i have to wonder if it's that same kind of false piety that is really dangerous. Now, I'm not saying you should never tweet, though. I think it's fine to have a groundswell, whatever. But my concern is this idea that we have this big effect and more people are like us than they really are. Like, I truly don't believe... That I don't think most people read Twitter in general. I think oh, that no. that is a no. common misconception. And so most people are like, oh, yeah, well, this will affect because everyone reads Twitter. Probably not. But also just 
if you went up to a regular person and were like, yeah, I'm just tweeting vote. I'm just telling everyone I know to vote. It's like there were going to be the edge cases where someone's like, oh, I didn't think about voting and thank you for the warning and uh, didn't really understand it. There are going to be those. And there are those people who are canvassing to pull people who are like indifferent out. That's cool. I don't for a fucking oh, yeah. second think that any anyone who is on the fence is reading vote, 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 vote and going, ah, you know what? I'm going to vote. I don't think that. Oh, I just don't think that for no, a fucking second. Absolutely not. And it's because we're in a bubble. Look, if if you're in the bubble of me and Ed and you're like reading the kind of shit we read, you know the kind of people we know and you're you're in this sort of information bubble where everybody agrees with you, right? Look, you're you're probably left wingish. You're probably socialism ish, right? You probably believe in some tenets of socialism because yeah. a lot of them are obvious if you have empathy for other people. And if you listen to this and you're on episode whatever this is, and you have empathy for other people and you agree with us in that aspect. You probably, you know, subscribe to the same people we do. You believe in the same things. And so you have curated your own little bubble, which is very easy to do. You've already kicked all of your racist uncles off Facebook. So everybody yeah, on your and Facebook I've is brutally owned them when I did so. Yeah, yeah, Uncle, absolutely. Uncle of, Fork, of course. You and I are done. You are canceled, Uncle <laughs> Fork. <laughs> so so you've created this bubble. And all your information is from within this bubble. So you think that everybody is this fucking like snarky socialist, right? When in reality, most people are fucking normal, okay? No, you don't subscribe to any fucking normies because you don't want to see like having a uh, having a productive morning hashtag Starbucks, on your feed. Of course you don't. You don't want to see Johnny fucking son being like, hey, here's a small thing for yourself. Drink a sip of water, you dumb fucking moron. You don't want to <laughs> that was see really that. Off. When he called all his followers fucking morons, that was kind of off brand for him. Yeah, that was... <laughs> you, that, dumb that pieces, was a, uh, you dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> you, you dumb pieces moron. of shit. You pieces of that shit. Was a, peeps, peeps, <laughs> that was a rare... Of, <laughs> it, it was a. He was pulling back the curtain. He was just showing just his MIT, this MIT grad. Like show. Like yeah, that's what I don't yeah. get about Johnny Sun. By the way, this guy's an MIT grad. Like fuck, he's not deeply distasteful towards most people. Like he's not just like slightly like. Well, you're stupider than me, obviously. Like so just- yeah. Oh my god. Look, I, I'm going to tell you. This is totally off topic. But uh, so I was in high school. Uh, I took the S and by the way, I am totally, I'm not even going to front like, uh, I was not privileged. Look, my parents were very, very poor. My parents grew up in the middle of nowhere in Appalachia, in Kentucky and Tennessee were very poor. They managed to come to the North. Right. Okay. They came to the North and they threw through decades of fucking work, dropped their accents so people in the North would not treat them like shit. Okay, they worked very hard. They they managed to, to find a way to get degrees, uh, very cheaply worked as educators. 
obtained graduate degrees, managed to get all this paid for due to their circumstances and everything else, and then had me. And then I'm like, what's up? I'm cool. Everything's normal. I'm middle class. Okay? So I'm totally, totally fucking uh, uh, privileged. So I went to a high school in the suburbs and uh, – took the SATs, whatever. And, uh, I got a thing from MIT and they're like, Hey, you should like, think about going to MIT. We would like you to come. And I was like, Oh really? So I went to this informational meeting and, uh, it was at this local high school and, uh, they said, Hey, you know, we really think you would be a good fit for MIT. Of course they didn't know anything about me. Of course I wouldn't be, uh, because I, Anyway, so uh, they had MIT students there and people were asking them and they were like, so what's like your social life like at MIT? And the guys were literally like, oh, you will not have a social life. Look, when you go to MIT, you get so much homework. Your social life is uh, living in the conference room at your dorm and doing homework with other students. And I was like, nope, count me out. And uh, uh, I got uh, I got an invitation. And by the way, a lot of this privilege, like I said earlier, my dad was a math teacher. Right. A lot of this privilege was imported by the fact that he taught me math when I was like three fucking years old. Yeah. So uh, doing math and doing all this science shit was was super super easy to me because of my early education. Uh, my dad came from nothing. He was in the Air Force. Uh, you know, he put himself through school, living in a trailer, all this. He he struggled. He worked very hard. I didn't have to struggle. I was taught math from an early age. Um, and I actually constantly, Ed, constantly feel guilty that uh, I, I was able to do all this stuff. And I didn't end up like doing anything that really helped humanity. I just fuck around and, and try to make stuff. Dude, I run that's a PR funny firm, make, like at this point, make I'm going laugh. to hell. <laughs> but no, I constant, no, I constantly feel guilty because it's like, you know, I could, I could have been, I know I could have gone to some kind of school and, uh, you know, memorized all the doctor shit. Would I have been a good doctor? I don't know. I think a lot of doctors end up being psychotic, I don't, I'm not psychotic. I don't think it would have been a good fit. But uh, so I'm, I'm really, really super privileged. Went to this MIT meeting and I was like, I'm not going to go to MIT because this is like awful. And you just have this like item, this line item on your resume that says, I went to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. That's what it stands for, right? Yeah. It was in Fallout. I assume. It was the Institute in Fallout. I think that's, and you have to have, I think that's how. You, that's you have to for. have the chip. You have to have the chip to go inside. I didn't want the chip because okay. it's like underground because of Fallout. So anyway, so I, I didn't go there. And so the MIT thing with Johnny's son is like particularly insulting to me the idea that he's like okay i'm gonna i'm doing this and it and it almost seems like he's saying i'm gonna trick people i've invented a way to trick people into liking me no that's exactly what it is so there's a lowenchaff on twitter so alex nichols yeah great writer wrote a piece about 
Johnny Sun and Lin Manuel Hamilton's book about like reminding you to do shit based on tweets. And I thought you were kidding about Johnny Sun's account saying drink a glass of water, but you weren't. You weren't. There is a no. tiny no. care bot. And I'm going to be honest, if you need if you follow this account, if you're one of the 136,000 people who follows this and you read these, and you're like breathe please or don't forget to take a bit of time to listen to some music that helps you feel peaceful, please. What the fuck, man? I have been suicidally depressed. And you know what? My experience is not yours, so maybe this helps. And I feel bad if it is because it means you just let go on some level. I don't know, but also if someone really felt better, I'd feel bad for saying that because I whatever. But nevertheless, this depresses me because this is making him money. Somehow it's going to sell books. Oh, yeah. Makes him look fucking pious. No, no. He's a fucking... So back to this piece on the outline. So Johnny's son is a fucking Yale graduate, a PhD candidate at MIT, who got rich on being like, you everybody said we're all going to die. I bought an inflatable bouncy castle. Are you going to take your shoes off or what? Like, ah... Oh, God. Like, that's the thing. If, like... It's just something about that really, to my core, just upsets me. That someone would see that as... Like, you talk about virtue signaling, which is a term usually used by truly despicable people. Right, Usually a term used by people to be like, hey, oh, so you like woman virtual signaling much? Virtual signaling? I can speak English. Um... Anyways, it's like, but this is the worst of it. It's like, I'm a good person because I'm saying it's okay to have fun. It's like, you're not. It's a brand. It's the same as being like, oh, I told everyone to vote. So I'm a good civic. I'm doing civics right now. You're not. (laughs) You're not. If you want, no, you know what? If you write a fucking like one of these pieces where, People go and investigate shitty prisons or private prisons or, but I, but I repeat myself, uh, or investigate <laughs> political campaigns or just going around houses being like, hey, you, are you voting? If not, um, well, if you are, what way are you leading? Or if not, why are you not voting? Maybe you want to think about it. Those people are fucking heroes. Like, that's doing something. Tweeting vote, 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 is doing so so many degrada- degradations, levels of nothing. I'm not smart. I'm never going to lie about being smart. But I can at least say, like, you're not doing anything. Like that, no one, like you said, we have created these, and everyone does it, myself included. We mute or block the people we don't like. And we retweet and like and follow the people we do like who agree with us. And we constantly pair that back or add more on based on our own beliefs of what we already like. And that's how we live. It's a very human thing to do. We operate with the schemata of that which we know and that which we like. And the crazy thing to me is that people think that that like their world is different. That they are, by doing vote, 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 even if you convince three people that is not a great win rate. That's not <laughs> no, the rea- that, no. That's not a that's not a result better than 
like actually going and knocking on doors or calling people or what have you. And like doing nothing is also fine. I should also add, it's fine to just not do anything. Like when you go all this, you think about self-care, just being aware that you probably can't change a lot isn't apathy. It's just self-awareness and being like, okay, I can change 20 votes or 50 votes by knocking on doors. That's doing something. That's action. Tweeting vote, vote, vote to a bunch of people who already read your shit and the other people who read it aren't searching for the word vote. And this goes to Facebook as well. I've seen it on fucking Facebook. No one is sitting there searching vote, 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 vote. And anytime someone's reading what you said and being like, okay, they're probably about to disagree with you. One of my close friends, his family is just like 50% raging, horrible conservative. And they're like fucking like his his family just responds sometimes with like, well, the black people steal. And it's like fucking horrible. And he argues with them. Not once has he won that debate. Not once have they been like, you know what? You're actually right. A fair and balanced immigration <laughs> thing is actually just fine. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think people don't understand the difference between what they want and how to tell somebody to do what they want. And essentially, if you are going to convince people to vote, and this is something that, that folks in our circle are going to hate, Ed, if you have a goal in mind that requires the expenditure of time, energy, money, and you want to convince somebody to do it, that's marketing, baby. Yeah. You have to use marketing. You have to appeal. And who was it that said this? Who was it? Was it Franklin? Was it Benjamin fucking Franklin? Definitely do not said, know. Look, you, you, you have to appeal to a man's desires, yeah. not to his logic. And this, of course, goes for, for women as well. In the 1700s, the, the male... Gender in speech was considered to be gender neutral. Of course, it's not. So men or women, you must appeal to their desires, not to their sense of reasoning, not to their logic. Yeah. If you want to if you want to convince, you know, diehard Republicans, the the way to do that is not to out logic them. Okay, they're they've already got their own little internal logic for what they're doing. What you need to do is you need to make them emotionally want to have. At this point, it's Mexicans. Okay, it's Mexicans. It's Central Americans. It's South Americans. You have to. You have to appeal to their emotions for them to emotionally want these people to be in the country. That's what it comes down to. And that's marketing. You know, and, and a lot of people in our bent uh, really do not like advertising. They don't like marketing. They're aware that companies essentially lie to you and tell you that you're less happy than you are and you will be more happy if you buy the product. That's the basis of advertising. Uh, but look, it, it's, it, the, it's not, it's just crazy to me when people are like, oh, I'm told a bunch of people to vote on my Twitter feed today. The thing is what they think they are doing there is 
appealing to this thing of this little-known story. They're appealing to this thing that these people... It's a deeply condescending thing. It's deeply yeah. condescending in that it suggests that people were too dumb to vote or that they are so smart and their smart words will make you vote. God's honest truth, I don't think one of these... There is an interesting line, I guess, around 200,000 followers where you start getting more normie people. Those people might matter. Like, they... Like, the people tweeting at that level, maybe. But that's not who I saw tweeting. I saw, like, people with, like, 5,000 followers, and all of them are the same kind of person. All the same kind of people who already voted or did an absentee ballot or wouldn't vote anyway because they believe the system is broken and that's their way of protesting, doing literally nothing. The ideal way out of any situation, by the way, is to do literally nothing, just... Curl up in a ball. Yeah. I, like, none of those people weren't going to vote. And then there was that fucking, was it New York mag, maybe? New Yorker? I don't fucking remember. It was, like, 10 people who aren't voting. And it was, like, some fucking guy who was, like, mailing stuff makes me anxious. I just want to be clear, by the way. I've read that, and it was the first time I thought of a self-care thing where I was like, oh, I get it. Just because perhaps it was a reaction to everyone's vitriol towards it. But also, like, man... It is genuinely a pain in the butt to mail things. You should know. It's like not like fun oh. to mail stuff like if you, what like it's where it's not like I guess you could take it and put it in your mailbox, but I have a multiple times where I put stuff in my mailbox and it's just never been picked up. It's sat there for a week or two. Right, right. And so right. you want to go down to the fucking post office, which in most cases is just a nightmare. Just a fucking like swarming with a bunch of people who like hate you. Like I don't know why it is every USPS. Everyone in there just seems so mad. Like every behind the counter, oh, in front of the counter, absolutely. Everyone's pissed off. Yeah. So it's like with that one, I'm like, oh no, I get it. You, 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 you probably it is actually surprisingly difficult mailing stuff, and also perhaps it's like all of the smug fucking bastards being like, huh, anxious, huh, huh. Oh you're, yeah, you're, in, you're, in- you're, you're just another millennial, and it or oh, it automatically got to the millennial thing where it's like. Uh, can you come up with some new material? Well, millennial, by the way, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. The idea of the millennial is just basically constructed as a way to degrade people. Yeah, it exists right? as a it's generational thing you- where you, because it was part of a, I remember when Baby Boomer was first said. Yeah. And it was like, okay, this sounds like something that's for marketing. Something where marketers got this so they could go, hey, here's some stuff and sell some things to this person. And And, I can say this is a segment of people. Millennials seem to pop up entirely for people to be mad at it. Yeah, there's there's no time that anybody is ever like, uh, the millennials, and they say it in such a way where they're like, wow, this generation that's coming up and they've really, really, you know, the the folks who existed during the boom years, let's say the 60s through the 80s. Just, just fuck their generation. Random, random stab, 60s through the 90s, whatever. People who were adults then, 
and just got a job at somewhere and the job paid really well. And they worked there for a couple of years and they bought a house and they bought a car and then their house like quadrupled in value and they sold it and bought a bigger house and their house quadrupled in value again. And they have like all this free money and they worked in boom times and they retired early and they have a pension and they're like, just do what I did. And of course, you can't no, do you that. Just you were there lucky is, to exist. Your entire life was built on a credit system that would approve most people. Right. And and uh, uh, the economy was was improving to the point where people would just make gains just by existing, just by holding property or holding an amount of money. And and so the the word millennial is never used to celebrate people, and you know a lot of folks who are in earlier generational cohorts say, you know, oh, I pulled myself up from my bootstraps, I worked, I got in at entry level, and I worked my way up to being really high, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the millennials actually have to do that. Because all the older folks are hanging on to jobs and hanging on to their leadership positions and their management positions. And if somebody really wants to succeed as a millennial, they have to find an edge in in whatever segment of business they're working in and just really fucking exploit it, really work hard yeah. as shit. You know, uh, the, uh, you know, we talk about gaming sometimes, and I know you are a gamer in some regard. Uh, Rockstar Games just came out with Red Dead Redemption 2, which I I haven't played. The description of it makes me want to die. Yes, no, I'm a, a cowboy. I, I haven't played it yet. You're you're a cowboy and you have to press X and circle and triangle to wash all the different parts of your body. Yeah, you like have to I like hit X like, to no wash your nutsack or something like like it's. I remember yeah, playing the first yeah. one and it not being like that, and I'm dreading playing it. Oh, I don't know. I don't I don't want to play it. And and the thing is, is that millennials are the ones who were working these fucking 80, 100 hour weeks at Rockstar or Take Two, their parent company, and just fucking doing uh, what is what amounts to like uh, coding and equations, just working these labyrinthine math problems and going through and quality testing it for hours and hours and hours. And and if you're not in the video game industry or you've never worked software QA, what this means is you have to, for a whole day or a whole week, you have to load up the same game and you have to hop on a horse in, in for example, Red Dead Redemption, and you have to ride the horse and you have to like write down all the ways the horse fucks up and you have to like try to run into every object in the game and see if the horse fucks up and try to and do what's crazy by the way is there was like a twitter moment of people's just like the game being broken which yeah, absolutely yeah. proves in my opinion the effort was not put into qa properly it was like diverted right. to things like the horse shit physics Oh, oh, so this is very interesting, Ed. And, and so I've thought about this. So um, companies rely on social media now to market. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the old word of mouth idea, but it's social media. I have a theory that, I, and I've seen a number of these bizarre moments pop up in Red Dead Redemption, uh, where 
something will happen. Some physics glitch, supposed glitch, will happen. You like touch and a rock and your horse start flies rotating. into the sky. And- oh, right, right, exactly, exactly. I almost wonder if this was not done on purpose to create viral videos. Don't disagree. I don't. I don't disagree at all. And it's fucking crazy to me. It's it's nuts. It's nutrageous. Like I, <laughs> it's delicious. I want a nutrageous bar, but sponsored by nutrageous. I and my general feeling is that. Yeah, you might be right that someone was like, well, we should do it. And hey, let's run it up the chain to Johnny Take 5 or whatever, whoever runs Take 2. And they were like, "Ah, no, people will post about this. Posts. Imagine the posts we'll get. And it's just fucking wild to me because they shouldn't do that. And also, everyone describes this game as like, oh, yeah, and it's incredibly arduous to do most things. It takes like 400 years to do anything and the beginning is like reading a very long boring book but it's the best game ever it's like okay uh still waiting for the justification of why though because that sounds like a fucking nightmare sounds genuinely awful well i i got the first game of that and i I love that game i really oh man i did not like it and let me tell you about my experience so i played the game I don't 100% remember uh, exactly what happened, but, you know, you're the guy, you're... uh, You got the cowboy cowboy gun, you do the cowboy things, yeah. Tex or uh, Colton or something, you're the cowboy. Gun cowboy of the old west. There's there's varmints in this town, whatever, and I remember, here's what, what killed the game. I remember what killed the game is I was playing the game, you know, you ride around, and it's like, here's the tutorial, press triangle to ride your horse, whatever. Uh, And I went on a mission where I had to go investigate a crime. And I went out on my horse, and I rode around in this uh, sort of scrubland between, you know, the United States and Mexico, wherever the game was taking place. And um, I found a blood spot on the ground, and it goes, okay, return home. So I rode all the way back to the saloon, and it was like, yeah, that was interesting. I found some blood, and I was like, you know what? Fuck this game. I'm not going to play this fucking game anymore. I, like... If I'm going to play, look, if I'm going to play a 3D game where I have to navigate 3D, and by the way, navigating 3D shit is really hard for me. I don't know if it's a personal problem. I don't know if it's a generational thing. I don't know if I just have poor depth perception because my eyes are fucked up. I don't know. But if I'm going to play a 3D game where I have to walk around, I have to solve problems and do missions, I'm going to play Grand Theft because... When I'm playing Grand Theft and I'm in between missions, I can, like, fuck around. I can shoot a bunch of people. And they're not real. It's fine. It's not problematic. I'll shoot a bunch of people and then the cops show up and then I just fucking destroy cops until I die. Right. It's fantastic. And it's really fun. And it's not real. See, the first Red Dead game for me felt like that. The second one, it sounds like doing the dishes. It sounds just so distinctly <laughs> unfun, but it's masqueraded as art. And also, I think there's this anxiety where people are like, oh, if I don't describe this in grandiose terms and love it, these people's 
these people, their work was for nothing. When actually, in my opinion, if they had done this thing that was deeply, that sounds deeply unsatisfying, perhaps that's a, that is a damnation of everything that they were forced to go through. Perhaps it's proof that bleeding these games from people, destroying their lives to make Cowboy Dingus number five, perhaps it's not worth it and actually creates things that aren't labors of love, but are bad. It's yeah. and everything yeah. we're talking about really does come back to this feeling of like people masquerading as other things people trying to believe in something too much or in the wrong way or thinking that the facsimile of a real thing is a real thing so the i the good idea is getting people to vote the bad bastardization of that is telling people on twitter vote 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 and maybe that's it. It's Absolutely. people trying yeah. to be yeah. what they think is a good person, that is someone who is doing civics, when the reality is they're not. They're not doing anything, in fact. I think that I think that's absolutely true. And I think that it just it it goes to show that, you know, just because you you believe in something doesn't mean that you're necessarily gonna be the best advocate for doing it and i think that's like the whole problem of hashtag resistance yeah. is you've got all of these people who who span the spectrum of gender and age and location who are uh opposed to the president because he's a shitty idiot yeah. right for obvious reasons real piece of to shit him. but they're doing it in the worst way possible yeah. And so it's in such a way where if somebody is intelligent, if somebody is empathetic, if somebody is sensitive and they're reading this, because look, here here's a, a dirty fucking secret, okay, about the whole irony Twitter thing. Here's the thing. These guys want to put up a big fucking front that they don't care about anything and they're fucking nihilistic and all this. Here's the thing. They're really, really fucking sensitive. Oh yeah. Okay. If you're if you're a brand or you're a person and you say one thing and it's off message or it doesn't match with their tone of what you think of what they think you should say, it's like fuck them forever. Yeah. Fuck them forever. And look, all these guys. You want to know why they're so fucking sensitive, Ed? Why? It's because they are all indulging in this weird kind of fucking irony and they know that it doesn't translate to real people and they know that them quote unquote ironically being racist or quote unquote ironically being sexist or being homophobic or discriminating against trans people or discriminating against people who are disabled they know that it's fucking wrong and they're super fucking sensitive because they know that anybody at any point could come in and using just a little bit of caring, just a little bit of fucking love for your fellow human being. They know that their entire worldview could be fucking picked apart 
And they know this. And that's why they're so fucking sensitive about everybody else abiding by by some code that they have mutually established is being cool versus not being cool. Okay? And and this encompasses a lot of people yeah. that we that we are acquaintances or maybe even friends with. And they know that it's indefensible to go around and, and and make jokes that are at the expense of people who are disabled, make jokes at the expense uh, of people who have suffered persecution because of their gender or orientation or race. Yeah. They know this. And so they're so fucking fragile. And so, folks, if you're out there and you're surrounding yourself with these super fucking ironic, super fucking inside joke bubble motherfuckers look this is not this is not only not the real world this is a fucking unhealthy way to live and the reason that they're all so fucking sensitive is they know that what they're doing is wrong i think that's a good point to end on honestly really smooth end to this we landed this bird real nice <laughs> i uh uh, I am, and I'll tell you, uh, and honestly, I uh, really like, you know, there's a lot of folks out there who are weird guys and have weird ideas and make funny jokes and stuff, but uh, I am, am really saddened by the fact that there seems to be a total lack of empathy for those who who don't share their viewpoints, yeah. so... Uh, if you're listen, if you're if you're listening to this still at an hour and twenty five minutes or whatever time it is right now, uh, you don't need to tell people to vote, vote, vote. And on on the opposite side, you know, if you're a fucking cool guy and you're gonna post in and you have this whole elevated idea of all these levels of irony and you have this idea that you are working on some other level of comedy where it's okay for you to like be shitty to women or whatever you know uh you should know that people can see through that and also you're actually okay like they're like, you may not think yeah, that you, what you're you, doing is really that effective, and if someone is hurt by it, they're a baby. That's, like, yeah, it's still, it, it affects them so much more than you realize. Yeah, and what you're doing is normalizing these ideas that you you can very easily kick the sand over and say, oh, it's ironic, it doesn't matter. But what what you're doing is you're normalizing the idea that being a woman or uh, being a minority or being gay or being uh, uh, trans is just a joke. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you're in this bubble, it's very easy for you to see this kind of stuff and be like, well, lol, that's just what happens. That's just what it's like in irony poison land. Hey, there's no such thing as irony poisoning. Okay. You're just an asshole. At the end of the day, you're just a fucking asshole. And you know what? You live your life and you can't say this shit to people in real life. You can't look people in the eye and say your weird internet shit to people 
in real life. And it's not because you have an imaginary disease you call irony poisoning. It's because you're an asshole. All right. Well, um, whew, well, I was going to do an irony joke. I had like 80 of them written down here. It's not great. <laughs> but in all seriousness, look, don't just, tell, just be sincere. Don't, just say the things you like and the things you hate. And ideally, if that is like another person, at least make them like a horrible Republican. Or like a real, like a real piece or of shit, like Orrin Hatch. No one really likes him. Or Right. Or Jomney Sun. Yeah, fuck Jomney Sun. And you know what? <laughs> and it, all right, I'm going to close this one off because now I'm fired up. But in all seriousness, I have been genuinely... I've had people be like, what the fuck's wrong with you for like not liking Jomney Sun? And on one hand, I feel guilty because I'm like, oh, maybe it actually helped. On the other hand, I'm like, no, I don't have elevated consciousness or like any problems here. I just perhaps... I see through the very hallmark calendar side of it. But okay, this has been FTF Podcast, which means find the food, I believe. Find the food. I'm going to yeah, go do again, that. I'm have I'm, again, I'm at Drew Toothpaste on Twitter, and Ed is at Ed Zitron on Twitter. And thanks again for Thank listening. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>